Hey everyone, I'm Laura from the Choosing Content podcast, where I chat weekly about topics close to my heart, being content, living intentionally, and choosing joy. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Hello, thank you for joining me today. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are returning, thank you so much for coming back for a few more minutes to chat with me this week. Today, I want to talk about a certain word. And for the last several months, I keep hearing this word pop up. And everything is that word. The good things are that word and the bad things are that word. And that word today is hard. Cooking is hard. Eating out is hard. Cleaning is hard. Having a messy house is hard. Working is hard. Relaxing is hard. Vacations are hard. Not having anywhere to go is hard. Everything all the time is just hard. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. It might be true, but I'm sorry we feel that way. A few years ago, I was working as a teacher and my employer stated that work was hard and that we as teachers should be at the school till 10 and 11 o'clock every night, including Fridays. And that bristled me all. It bristled me so badly. And I felt the words escape from my mouth. If it's that hard, then we're doing it wrong. Let me tell you, I'm glad it was a whisper. I think I'm the only one who heard it. But hearing my voice that day spoke volumes of truth to me. When something is hard, is there a way that we can make it easier? Can we streamline it? Can we batch it so we don't have to repeat the work quite as often? And there's a few reasons for this. First, it's an effort to make something better, which is usually a very good thing. And second, it's a chance to make sure that our efforts matter. Putting great effort into improving a task can be noble. But ensuring the effort is placed where it is most sustainable is wisdom. Let me say that again. Putting great effort into improving a task can be noble, but ensuring the effort is placed where it is most sustainable is wisdom. Keep that in mind as we continue, because we're about to have story time. As someone who appreciates a tidy home, I was finding I was spending an embarrassing amount of time ensuring that my home was tidy. It genuinely took large amounts of effort daily, nearly six hours a day. And here's the killer. 75% of it was back the next day for another round of six hours of cleaning. And I wanted to cry. There were several factors that went into this and most of them were out of our control. I had many things and not everything had a home. We didn't have a place for daily coming and going routines. We had a newborn, we had a sick parent, we were busy. There were lots of things that we could not control. Some we could though. So I was nobly trying to have a tidy home, but my efforts were not well placed. I was lacking wisdom in making sure that my home was as good as it could possibly be. One day exasperated, I made a list of things that bugged me. You know, quite the opposite of a gratitude journal. The things that bug me about my house are. (laughs) Number one, my bedside table was constantly spiraling out of control and the things I needed in that area didn't fit inside of it very well. Well, that's something I can control. So I went drawer by drawer over the course of a week and gave each drawer a purpose. The top drawer now holds things I reach for like chapsticks and lotions. The middle now holds my books and stationary items. The third holds a heating pad. And over the next month, I slowly added cheap organizers, 
Hello Mainstays baskets for less than $2. The funny thing is that my bedside table has been mostly clean and very tidy for nearly six months. The next spot was my large thin drawer underneath my vanity in the bathroom. So I sorted what I needed into categories, eyes, face, lips, teeth, sinus, etc. And you know what? That drawer has been one of the easiest places to clean up quickly for months now. Over the last several months, I have repeated the process many, many times over throughout our home. The next space I worked on was our daily routines. I made a list of the things we needed on a daily basis. Our mask, our hand sanitizer, our spot for our pocket clutter, keys, purse, jackets, diaper bags, etc. And I tried putting it in our kitchen drawer where we had a huge drawer and it should fit, but it wasn't fixing the bag problem. And my husband would never use it. I finally learned that he thought the idea of keys in a kitchen drawer made him feel grossed out. Fine, whatever. They used to live on the bar, so what's the difference? I digress. Instead of trying to train him into something he wasn't interested in, I just found a new home for them. So I gave up my tiny hall closet to have a landing zone. So worth it. So, so worth it. The next spot that was painful for us was a laundry room. We had no storage, but we require a lot out of the laundry room. Not only does that room produce around 20 loads of laundry each week, but it's our Chihuahua Pomeranian's room, complete with his potty pads, which we will hereby call real estate. I needed it to house the puppy things, like food and real estate, and cleaning supplies and medicine and a few other things. So we made it happen. We slowly replaced our washer and dryer with stacking ones, built a cabinet. Essentially, we overhauled the whole thing from an organizational standpoint. The last major thing we did was organize my daughter's toy closet. And it was a crazy improvement because items most likely have a place to go now. Now, I do have a couple of random things in boxes she plays with, but that will always happen. Now, I've listed about five things, but as you can tell, they weren't major. I mean, the laundry room was kind of major, but it just needed to be done. And I think we spent less than $100 on that whole project outside of the washer and dryer. But let me tell you this. It takes me less than 20 minutes to get the house ready for company. If my husband is home and we team up together, we can have it immaculate, dusted, mopped, vacuumed the whole bit in less than an hour. The fact that I used to spend six hours a day on my home is mind-boggling to me. Now, it takes about an hour. That's crazy. Since then, I've gone room by room searching for the big areas that bug or irritate me when it comes to tidiness. Not because I want to be ungrateful, but after doing that exercise, I found out that there were things that I simply could control. The things that bug me and that I can control are great spots to move forward and to use wisdom in if there's something that's going to help you long term. Our guest room was almost always tidy these days, whereas before it had become a dumping ground. Everything went into the guest room and we didn't know what to do. 
And I'm pretty certain that as we continue with this practice, tidying time will go even faster. So today I want to ask you, what is the task that makes you exasperated, that feels so hard today? Is laundry just too hard? Is dinner too hard? What about cleaning? Is that too hard? Tidying? I don't think it always has to be that way. I feel like your efforts are noble, but if we sustain your efforts with wisdom, we'll definitely take you to a most surprising place of peace. Today, I'd like to talk briefly about our attitudes. Earlier in our marriage, my husband would often say, don't be a martyr, and I greatly resented that statement. I did not and still don't feel like a martyr because it is the human condition that unless you can buy your way out of a situation, be it a chef, a house cleaner, a nanny, a team of yard work specialist, you will make sacrifices in your time and in what you do. When he said that statement, what he really meant was Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. What my husband was trying to tell me was what you're doing is not in vain. And I want to encourage you that the things that are good to do They can be exhausting and we can wear ourselves out doing them and we can get tired, but sometimes we can be a little bit resentful. Now, in my husband's defense, he is genuinely one of the most helpful people I have ever met. Truly. But sometimes as we push through the chaos, we don't have time to make it less chaotic. And it can be frustrating and we can feel overwhelmed by the task. Let me give you a little bit of example as we go through this. Our spring was a little bit difficult um, with some different family things going on, and our yard took a back seat. We would love to have a beautiful yard that's pretty landscaped. I would prefer shrubs. My husband would prefer flowers. But we both value or take pleasure in a pretty yard. And we have not had the time to push through our chaos. So we have done the bare minimum in the sense of we mow the yard once a week, probably needs it twice a week. My husband edges every week or every other week, um, you know, with the weed eater and different things. There are, there are situations in our yard where we are just grinding our wheels, doing the maintenance, but being frustrated that we're not seeing the fruit of the other work. Well, of course we don't see landscape flower beds because we haven't hired someone or we haven't done it ourselves. So we have grown weary and well-doing in our yard work here. <laughs> and, and I know that that is not everyone's cup of tea, but it matters to us, so stick with me. Until we take a little bit of time and put our efforts in with a little bit of wisdom, we will just grind our wheels. We have shrubbery that needs to be replaced. And quite frankly, it needed to be replaced before the great freeze of 2021. We just didn't do it. So we need to put in probably 15 shrubs. And after the 15 shrubs, we need to put in a few little trees and we need 
We have lots of things we need to do. But mowing the yard and doing the the weed eating and the edging is not going to get us there. We're saying one thing is important to us, but not doing it. And so, like cleaning the house, until we spend some time calculating where we're going to get the most effort that's going to count, where's our wisdom? What are we going to do that's a wise investment? What are we going to do with it? And so today, as we think about how, how this plays up in our spiritual lives, I want to encourage you that sometimes our daily grind is huge. Um, you know, we're going in day in, day out, and we're not doing the things that say, that we say matters. We're not doing the things like Bible study with family, if that's important. We have to stop and look at our lives and go, okay, where are we placing the value? And let us not be weary and well-doing. I know this is essential, but what's the bigger picture? So today I want to encourage you to write some things that bug you. I am bugged that we are not getting family devotion. I am bugged that I am not spending an adequate amount of prayer. I am bugged by these things. And I want you to look at one thing this week that bugs you. And I want you to say, nope, I will not be weary and well-doing for this task anymore. I'm going to make it happen. So go ahead, go get your Bible, go get the highlighter, and go put it on your bedside table. Go ahead, if you need to write cards to people to encourage them, and go get the stamps today and have it ready. We have got to stop growing weary and well-doing and start making those tasks count We cannot be frustrated or have stinky, martyr, weary, and well-doing attitudes because we're in a grind. Take a moment and pick the thing that bugs you and make it happen this week. Y'all, it has been such a great pleasure to host the Choosing Content podcast. Again, thank you for joining me another week of the Choosing Content podcast. I hope to meet you back here next week. Now, let's go find the good today. 